Hello and welcome back into a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, as where you can find everything that has to do with any kind of sports that take place in the Denver metro area. Whether you're looking for college sports, whether, whether you're looking for Rockies or Broncos or Nuggets or Avalanche or anything in Colorado, you have it covered over at MileHighSports.com. So, tonight we are going to get into the Nuggets beating the Kings, remaining undefeated on the season, and really everything that went into this game. So, what I really want to talk about are the Nuggets' first quarter struggles, how they've been really good to finish out games, and how clutch they have been. I want to talk about how the Nuggets' offense is still kind of out of sync. We'll talk about Nikola Jokic having, in my opinion, one of his worst games of his career. Not the worst, not even really top five, maybe, but it was one of his worst games overall. Um, We'll talk about the Nuggets' defense remaining fantastic. They continually keep finding ways to get wins because of their defense. So I want to talk about that. We'll talk about the Nuggets' closing games well. And then, like I said, we are going to get into some questions from listeners and try and provide some insight for what the fans are curious about. Before I go any further, I need to give some love to the Regulators Production Group. Without them, there would not be any beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. So I am extremely blessed to have them working with me. Hopefully we'll be able to have new stuff coming up in the very near future. So keep an eye out and also go follow Regulators Regime on Instagram, as well as Rod Simba. That's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A. If you need to reach out to the Regulators Production Group for any audio production needs, make sure to reach out to Rod Simba on Instagram. Additionally, I wanted to give a shout out to Axios because they do such good commentary for everything that I personally like to partake in, whether it's politics or sports, they have me covered entirely. So definitely go check out everything that Axios produces, whether it's their sports newsletter, whether it's the fact that they do such great political commentary, whether it's just them breaking news in the political arena. So definitely go check out Axios. And also, thank you guys so much for putting in so many reviews and five star ratings into the podcast regardless of whatever podcast listening platform that you use please continually keep giving me those reviews those five star ratings you can reach out to me personally on my twitter at tj mcbride mba you can reach out to me on my instagram at tj underscore mcbride mba you can email me t mcbride 3793 at gmail i appreciate all the feedback i've been getting and all the reviews that we have been getting on itunes and things like that so thank you guys very very much all right that is all the pain bills getting out of the way we're going to take our first break and we'll come back and then get into everything that happened from this denver nuggets win over the sacramento Kings. so we'll be back in just a quick second Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I know I have a beard, so this sounds strange, but I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide at a low price. I need to keep my beard straight and clean, and Harry's allows me to 
do that. So do me a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 a blade. Blade refills are, deliver, are de- delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription. And there's absolutely no risk for you to try it out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. get into this Nuggets win, this 101 to 94 win over the Sacramento Kings, because this was an interesting game overall. The Nuggets did not play well once again. This is the third straight game out of three regular season games in which the Nuggets did not play well, but still managed to come away with the victory. Matt Moore, HP Basketball on Twitter of the Action Network, continually keeps calling them the grit and grind Nuggets, which I find hysterical at this point, because who would have thought that this iteration of the Denver Nuggets would have suddenly became a defensive-minded team that is continually finding ways to win games on the back of their defense, but that is what they are doing. Before we get too much of the defense and all those things, I want to start with just the first quarter, and really their first quarter struggles, not just from this game, but overall, because the Nuggets right now are shooting a league-worst 28.4% from the field in the first quarter. They can't hit anything, and a big reason for this is their inability to finish at the rim. They continually get downhill at the rim and cannot finish. That has been an issue that I'll talk about a little bit more when I get into the offense here in a bit, but the Nuggets are not really having a good opportunity of being able to finish shots that are not three-pointers. They have not been good in that regard, and it it has continually hurt them, especially in these first quarters because not only are they shooting worse in the league, they are second worst in the league in points per first quarter at 20 points. They are 27th in net rating at minus 22.2. They're 22nd in turnovers at 4.7 turnovers per each first quarter, and they're only ha- and they're only 25th in assists. The Nuggets are not the Nuggets right now in first quarters. Their defense isn't bad. Um, they've been actually pretty good defensively in first quarters, but they can't hit anything. The Offense looks clunky and disjointed. Everything is kind of rushed. Nikola Jokic has not been able to get into a rhythm. He's had foul trouble in two of three games so far. The ball is not hopping. Jamal Murray has not been able to get hot. The Nuggets have not been able to rely on Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, or Will Barton for a consistent scoring streak. They just have not had enough offensively in the first quarter, and it's made them really digging themselves out of a hole to begin every game that they have played so far. And they have to find a way to fix this. The Nuggets are such a damn good team that if they're able to assert themselves in the very beginning of games, they could not only push teams out of the games very quickly, but they can create ways to have more rest for some of their better from, for some of their better players. They can create a quicker version of rhythm to be able to carry that over throughout the rest of the game. They can really show who they are to the rest of the NBA to start games out because they are such a talented team and their starting unit is so versatile 
style and so dominant. They can defend with the best of them and they can score with the best of them. They are as egalitarian and altruistic as any team in the NBA with that starting five. And we have not seen it function yet. And it's been very frustrating. A lot of this has to do with the fact that Nikola Jokic has not been his best. Um, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris have been extremely erratic in first quarters. They haven't been able to rely on any kind of wing production offensively. And Paul Millsap, while he's been steady, has not been able to give the Nuggets the lift they need to become at least just league average in first quarter. So once again in this game against the Kings, the Nuggets struggled in the first quarter. They only had 21 points uh, to the Kings, 28. I believe they were shooting something like 21% from the field and really just struggling. And the Nuggets need to find a way to end those first quarter struggles and start games on the right foot because they have not been able to do that so far. Um, like I said, though, the Nuggets' offense as a whole has just been kind of out of sync. And this game was no different. The Nuggets finished this game shooting 36.7% from the field. They hit 27.8% of their threes. They had 10 turnovers, and they only had, what was it, 20 assists? Only 19 assists in this game on 36 shots. This Nuggets' offense is not the Nuggets' offense that we're used to. The ball isn't popping as often. The easy shots are not existing in so many different ways. The ball is not touching everyone hands in the ways that it has before and that has now led to them really struggling on in terms of creating offense that is not three-pointers so in terms of two-point shots in the three games the Nuggets have played so far they're only shooting 40.3 percent that is atrocious that is that is as bad as it gets on two-point attempts and this is not the smallest of sample size this is 176 shots they've gotten up they're shooting an even worse 26.4 percent on shots in the paint that are not in the restricted zone zone so a lot of those floaters and pull-up jump shots in the paint they're shooting 33.3 percent on mid-range shots on any shot less than five feet they're shooting 49.5 percent these are some of the worst marks you will see in basketball the fact that the nuggets have been this awful shooting within the or inside of the three-point line is just completely beyond me i mean gary harris was an elite finisher for the majority of his career will barton has been an elite finisher for the majority of his career Jamal Murray is a power finisher who has a finesse game as well. Nikola Jokic is one of the most, you know, lethal mid-range shooters and at-the-basket shooters there are in basketball, and they are not able to convert anything at the rim. Again, Paul Millsap, an extremely you know adept finisher around the rim, whether it's using post moves from the mid-range or getting downhill and scoring at the rim, whether it's Monte Morris, who was a very good finisher last year, whether it was Malik Beasley, who has not been able to finish at the rim, even Jeremy Grant has not been able to be an effective finisher around the rim. Jeremy Grant Grant was 2 of 9 against the Kings in this game. The Nuggets are not able to score within the three-point line right now, and it has drastically limited their ability to be a high-functioning offense. And until they're able to finish at the rim, they're going to have to rely on defense and three-point shooting to save them. Because three-point shooting is what is saving them right now, but even then, I'm not sure their three-point shooting as it is currently constructed is sustainable. The Nuggets want to create what they call paint threes where they get into the paint, collapse the defense, and kick out to shooters. A lot of the times that you were creating paint threes, you will then be creating corner threes because you're kicking out to the corner, and usually the weak side help comes from the corner. Well, 
the Nuggets have taken, I believe, what is it, 96 threes so far this year. Only 17 of them have come from the corners. 76 of their three-pointers have come above the break, while 17 of them have come from the corner. They're not creating the shots they want, and they're not making those shots that they do want when they actually get there. And that is a big, big issue, in my opinion, for this Nuggets offense. I do think they'll work themselves out of it. I don't think I think that this could be some early season issues, but again, for a Nuggets team that was banking on continuity as their big advantage to start the season they have not looked like a team with the most continuity in the league on offense they just simply haven't and they need to find a way to fix that and in my opinion the place that they're going to fix that and the next thing on my list that I want to talk about is Nikola Jokic Jokic only had nine points two assists in this game he had 13 rebounds two two steals and a block but again Jokic does not shoot 415 from the field Jokic does not shoot zero of five from three-point range Nikola Jokic has not been the player that the Nuggets need him to be I know that he has been good in spurts he was phenomenal in the fourth quarter in the first game of the regular season against the Blazers he was very good good in the second half against the Suns and he picked it up in the fourth quarter once again in this game against the Kings but overall in the 12 quarters that have been played by Nikola Jokic I would argue that he's only played at his level of expertise for three of those quarters he's been better defensively he's been all right I, I wouldn't say he's been better defensively he's been impactful which is great that's all you really are looking for him looking for from him but overall Nikola Jokic has looked a step slow he has looked not as engaged as you would hope. He's not getting into his sets with a lot of pace. He's not looking to create mismatches in mid-transition and bury smaller defenders and attack them at the post. I mean, he was being defended tonight by Dwayne Dedman and Rashawn Holmes for the majority of the night, and Nikola Jokic could not go out there and score on them. He was 4 of 15 from the field. That simply cannot happen. Nikola Jokic is he, he's an MVP candidate for a reason, and he can't score on Rashawn Holmes consistently. Dwayne Dedman was giving him issues. All of a sudden, he wasn't able to create for others. That cannot be a situation that happens, and Nikola Jokic allowed it to happen to him in this game. He was not effective. He was taking bad shots. He was not asserting himself in any way. There was no pace that he was using getting into sets quickly. He was not looking for mismatches to exploit. He was not trying to break down the defense by going at a guy to find new passing angles to to kick out your shooters all of those things did not exist for Nikola Jokic in this game and it was a big reason the Nuggets offense has struggled so much and this has been an issue that has not just existed in this game but the past couple games as well Nikola Jokic has to find a way to be more impactful, to be more engaged, and to play with more urgency, because I just haven't seen that urgency yet, to be just blatantly clear. I'm not sure what it's going to take or what they need to do, but Nikola Jokic cannot score nine points in a game and only have two assists. He's just not impacting the offense enough at that point. He's too talented, he's too skilled to be only putting up mediocre numbers like that. Um, but again, I want to take a step back on that. Nikola Jokic is Nikola Jokic. He's one of the best players in basketball for a reason. I don't think he's crazy out of shape. He might be a little bit out of shape. I don't exactly know. But this is the man who has played all summer, who is a guy who played 64 minutes in the single game last year. Until his conditioning becomes a very clear and obvious issue, I am going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But still, he needs to find a way to be better than this. That was a very bad game from Nikola Jokic. 
on the on the positive side though, the Nuggets defense has remained fantastic so far. They are eighth in defensive rating as things currently stand right now. They're at a hundred point three defensive rating, which is very good. Opponents are only shooting forty point two percent against them, which is fifth in the league. Opponents are only shooting twenty nine percent from three against them, which is also fifth in the league. And that all played out against the Sacramento Kings. The Nuggets held the Kings to 39.6% from the field and 32.4% from three. And I think what is most notable about those numbers is not that the Nuggets were able to hold the Kings to that low of a shooting percentage, but it's who they were able to shut down. Yes, Rashawn Holmes had a game that was way too good. Trevor Ariza was very functional in this game. There were players who you didn't expect to go off, but it was the particular players the Nuggets set out to slow down and were able to that was most noticeable and important in my opinion. Buddy Heal was 2 of 13 in this game, and he didn't hit his first shot to the fourth quarter if I remember correctly. He was an unmitigated disaster, and the biggest reason why was because Gary Harris and Will Barton were small, were swallowing him up whole. Again, speaking about Will Barton, he was matched up with the stronger and bigger Harrison Barnes, and he held Harrison Barnes to 5 of 12 shooting. Paul Millsap was matched up with Nemanja Bialica, held him to 4 of 11 shooting. Jamal Murray was matched up with, with De'Aaron Fox, held him to 7 of 17 shooting. Malik Beasley was, match, was matched up with Bogdan Bogdanovich, or Malik, or it was... um. Will Barton, one of the two of them, at different points, but Bogdan was only 2 of 12 in this game. The Kings only had 41 points in the second half when the Nuggets proceeded to score 54 and outscore the Kings by 13 points in the last two minutes of the game. Will Barton has been an absolute terror defensively. His effort and urgency and aggression is so apparent now when you watch him play defense. This Nuggets team has grown defensively, and I tweeted this, and I've talked about it multiple different times now but if you would have told me a year ago today that this Nuggets team and their identity would suddenly become on the defensive end of the floor and that they were winning most of their games thanks to their defensive ability I would have laughed you out of the room but it is absolutely a fact that they are able to win games defensively now more often than not and all of the credit goes to Michael Malone all of it does. Yes, his players have followed through, but this team was so far away defensively when he showed up, and here they are. Eighth best defense in basketball, 10th best last year, absolutely shutting down some of the best offensive players in the game, and Buddy Heald, who is phenomenal at what he does, and doing it in a way that seemed pretty standard. This is what the Nuggets can do, and they can do it regularly, and if they can ever get back to what they can do offensively, this Nuggets team is going to be so difficult to deal with with. Last two things about this game before getting into a, the mailbag portion and answering uh, five questions, I think, are what I picked. Uh, first of all, this was the biggest positive, in my opinion, from this game. Gary Harris was fucking spectacular. He was not only able to be extremely productive offensively, which he has not really been able to do this season. He had 17 points, was 5 of 9 from the field, hit all four of his free throws, was 3 of 4 from the three-point line, only had one turnover, had four rebounds, two assists, and a steal for good measure statistically he was very very strong but 
it was how he got his shots. There was He wasn't forcing the issue like he has been forcing the issue before. He was aggressive. That is not to say he was just sitting on the sidelines and letting things happen to him. He was aggressive, and he was making sure to find a way to get to his spots, but he wasn't forcing it, and that allowed him to be extremely efficient once again. On top of that, man, Buddy Heald might be the second best shooter in basketball right now with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant hurt. In terms of just pure shooting ability, and Gary Harris this absolutely swallowed him whole in this game. Gary Harris was the best player in this game for the Denver Nuggets. Gary Harris was the best defender in this game for the Denver Nuggets. And Gary Harris showed why he can be the second best player on this team on any given night. So, in my opinion... This was the game that you wanted to see from Gary. This was the game where you remember that this is the guy who was Mr. Consistent for year after year after year. So we'll see how he continues to grow. But this was a very good game from Gary. Lastly, the Nuggets have been able to close games well recently. Nikola Jokic had a couple assists and a bucket in the fourth quarter. Jamal Murray hit the silencer jumper. That was a long two to basically put this game away. Will Barton had the tough offensive rebound and put back to really give the Nuggets a little bit of breathing room. Will Barton also had a couple free throws. While I'm talking about Will Barton, he he struggled in the first half. He did a lot of good things defensively and on the glass and things like that, but you know he was not very efficient scoring. He finished this game with 13 points, Nine rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Yes, he was 5 of 14 from the field, which is not good. Yes, he only hit one of his four threes. Fine. But he came up when it was extremely important, and he was a plus three in this game overall. So I thought that Will Barton was also very good. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to give you one more quick read, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to answer some questions from listeners. Holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders or decide which shipping carrier to to use? Or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered on time for the holidays. So, no matter what you're selling on Amazon, on Etsy, through your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, making them easy to manage from any device, even just your cell phone. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including the United States Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more and in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of your holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months of free, no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Alright, 
questions from listeners because there's always some good ones. Doris Burke is the GOAT, which is a consistent question asker from Twitter asks, how many offensive issues do you think it will take for Michael Porter Jr. to get into the rotation? So one, I don't think it's going to have anything to do with how the offense is functioning. I think Michael Malone will only make a big drastic decision if the Nuggets begin losing games. If all of a sudden the Nuggets offense is still entirely disjointed and they lose the next three games, then maybe Michael Malone decides to make a decision with the rotation itself. When it comes to Michael Porter Jr. just playing, I know I've said this before, but I do think it happens tomorrow on Wednesday, October 30th, when the Nuggets, or on October 29th, sorry, Tuesday, October 29th, when the Denver Nuggets take on the Dallas Mavericks at home. It'll be the second night of a back to back. It'll also be a home game. It'll also not be the home opener, so there'll be less pressure. And Michael Malone, in his post-game press conference, after beating the Kings, said that hopefully the depth will help them with their first back-to-back of the season. So I would not be surprised if Michael Malone finds a way to get Michael Porter Jr. into the game all of a sudden, finally, against the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday, October 29th. So I do think it'll be a long time until he gets actually into the rotation. I think it'll take some actual losing for that to be that kind of a decision to be made where he actually removed the Tory Craig or Will Barton from the lineup, but I do think we might see Michael Porter Jr. again tomorrow night against the Dallas Mavericks. Russell Hamilton asks, why are the starters just standing on offense? No movement, no backdoor cuts, but just a lot of one-on-one basketball. I have to just entirely agree with you. I feel like the biggest issue is that a lot of players are standing and watching. So what will happen is Nicole Jokic will get the ball, Gary Harris will come around and run a dribble handoff, and the weak side action is is non-existent. There's no flare cut to try and get an open three for Jamal Murray coming from the corner as Paul Millsap sets a screen and then all of a sudden when they hedge off the screen, Millsap could then roll to the rim off ball to then make the defense collapse and allow for another cutter to get through or allow for an open three-point shooter. There hasn't been enough auxiliary action around the Denver Nuggets offense. I think that you need to see more of that. I want to see more flare screens. I want to see more because they used to they used to run so many Spain pick and role um, plays with Jamal Murray as the screener to get him open looks. I want to see more stuff like that. I feel like the Nuggets have been a slow build with their offensive philosophy so far. They haven't gotten too crazy with anything, and because of that, their offense have kind of gotten stagnant. I also think that guys are trying too hard to get into their own rhythm, and what that is ending up doing is guys are forcing the issue. I think that was a big reason that Gary Harris had such a strong game against the Kings as opposed to the Suns, was because he stopped trying to uh, to force himself upon the game and instead took his spot and found his openings and took what the offense was allowing him to have. So I think overall the Nuggets are, are doing better in that regard, but they need again, like you said, more backdoor cuts, more flare cuts, more uh, you know, more Spain pick and rolls, more just weak side actions or deceptive actions to try and get more movement around the rest of the offense. Joe Newman asks, what will be the first Nuggets loss of the year? I really like this question because it's a tough one. Yes, the Nuggets are 3-0, and but they're not going to be able just to skate their way as long as they want. I mean, that's a difficult thing to do, just to continually keep winning games like that. So when you start looking at the Nuggets schedule, you start realizing that it, they, they might string together some wins. So right now, they're going to be playing the Mavericks at home on the second night of a back to back on Tuesday, October 29th. That's going to be a tough game because the Mavericks have a day of rest while 
the, and they have already been in Denver while the Nuggets are going to be losing an hour going back home because they played at 8 o'clock tonight and are going to play at 7 tomorrow. I do think the Nuggets find a way to beat that Mavericks team. I do think that they'll beat the Pelicans because Drew Holiday is still hurt. They play the Pelicans on Halloween in uh, New Orleans. They then play the Orlando Magic on Saturday, November 2nd before playing the Heat on November 5th at home. I think that the Nuggets win all of those games. I think the Nuggets are going to end up going 6-0, and then they're going to eventually lose at home to the 76ers on November 8th. That's how I see it. Who knows? That's really just a shot in the damn dark, but that's how it seems like to me, so we'll see what happens. Josh McCarty asks, how much of a concern is Nikola Jokic's conditioning? I've spoken about this before, about how I don't have concerns anymore, that Nikola Jokic has proven that there that he deserves the benefit of the doubt. What I will say is that while it, did, it could look like Nikola Jokic was tired, I would just say his engagement level was, was a little bit too low and that his urgency during the game was too low. He looked like he was kind of going through the motions. He looked like he was a half-step slow, even for Nikola Jokic, and I don't think it was a conditioning thing. I really don't. Maybe it's because he played basketball all summer in Serbia. Maybe he is tired. Maybe he is of shape but from what I am picking up on this is just Nikola Jokic getting into the groove of things and he just doesn't have that same urgency that we saw from the playoffs this is a stark difference of a Nikola Jokic from the playoffs until now so it's understandable that it's throwing some people off but it's been three games Let's let things happen. Let's let Nikola Jokic prove himself because there's a reason that he was first team all NBA center last year. Last question. Leo asks, do you agree that it's a good thing that the starters have been this bad and Denver is still winning games? I guess overall, yes, it is good that the Nuggets can win without their starters being dominant. And yes, it's good that the Nuggets can win um, ugly games and the, the Nuggets can win in different ways using defense on having to be a high-powered offense. Those are all good things, yes. That does not mean that I'm happy that the Nuggets starters have been playing so bad they need to find a rhythm sooner rather than later their continuity is their strength and right now they are not utilizing their biggest advantage and they need to find a way to do so so i think that sure maybe it's maybe it is a good thing that they have a higher gear but they need to prove it and they need to show it because right now they're just playing some decently bad basketball for some stretches despite the fact that they're playing some very good basketball for other stretches they do have these very big lulls that have some very bad basketball in them so sure it's good that they're able to win despite the fact that they're playing bad but it would be better if they were winning and playing good so that's where I'm going to leave that. Thank you guys so much for listening and being around. I will have another podcast coming out Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, covering the Mavericks game. There's already a good, bad, and ugly up from the Nuggets win over the Kings from Devalier Johnson. There will be another one up after the Dallas Mavericks game tomorrow night. There's going to be more and more conversations about this Denver Nuggets team, so make sure you keep it locked to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. You can subscribe to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Himalaya, all those different places that you listen to podcasts, you can find the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast on it. Again, the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, the home for all Colorado sports. This has been the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, and thank you guys so much for sticking around. Make sure to leave reviews, leave me a five-star rating, leave me some comments, reach out to me on Twitter, make sure to keep sharing this on social media but until until next time it has been a pleasure and we will talk to you guys later
Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flower and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.